It is Sean. It's June 28th. Today, you're going to hear from my heart to yours, so stay tuned for this podcast. special podcast today by uh, Ali and Bar. It's just, it's very special to me. Um, it's This is really going to be an interesting thing. So, um, a couple weeks ago, like a week and a half ago, Ali, maybe help yeah, me out. Sounds good, right? Okay, thank you. Uh, I had a chance to visit Uvalde. I had a chance to meet with the mayor of Uvalde, and we went from there to Buffalo. And um, what was the most disturbing part, I guess, of all my Uvalde trip is the stuff that we really don't hear about and we don't really talk about every day. Um, that Uvalde still needs help. There's families out there. In fact, the day I went to Uvalde, which was two Fridays ago, they were actually burying the last child who was killed um, in the shooting. But to be able to see like where the school was at, see where the guy entered the school at, was very disturbing. Um, so I want to encourage people, if you have not, please stay tuned to what's going on in Buffalo, me and Uvalde. Um, please stay tuned to the families. I know we're still talking to some of the families there. We are working with the mayor's office there. Um, and doing some work there with Uvalde. But we also had opportunity to visit Buffalo. Um, and for me, that was hugely impactful because as we know um, in Buffalo, right here in this picture, in fact, um, there was a shooting of people just because of the color of the skin. Um, they went into their grocery store thinking that they were going grocery shopping and they literally um, lost their lives. But not only did we talk to family members of those who have lost um, people to, in the Buffalo shooting, but we also had opportunity to speak to people who were working in the store that day. Um, and I'm going to call everybody out on this one. I'm going to call the federal government out because of the fact that um, those families who were still alive to the day in Buffalo was getting a different message than the people who were getting in Uvalde. In Uvalde, the government was telling them, like, hey, we're going to be here with you throughout the whole, whatever it takes, we're going to be here with you. And in, Uvalde, in Buffalo, um, family members who were still alive and people who were still alive felt they had a different message, that the message was that you should be happy that you still have your life. Um, shame on our government when we put the rights of people to be able to bear arms over people's lives. Um, shame on our government when we put, well, we try to tell people that, you know, it's more important for you to be able to carry a weapon than it is for you to be able to vote. I use Georgia as a prime example. In the state of Georgia, they passed SB 202 that makes it um, constant, like we have to have a license in order to vote. But then right after that, a couple of months later, they passed a bill that said, hey, you don't need a license to carry a gun. When most people who, who get background checked for a gun in the state of Georgia, they only get a background check when they were applying for their carry permit. And we've even taken that away. So as a country, we have a lot of work to be done. Um, and we know that we've had a lot happen recently. We know we had the shooting not only in Buffalo, but we just had a shooting of a white congregation in Alabama. So now let's go down and list America. We can't go to church, can't go grocery shopping, and we can't go to school. In fact, um, we really have to pay attention to what's going on. Sarah Huckabee, who's running for 
um, governor in Arkansas who won the nomination for the Republican nominee. On the same day, and this I just found this out yesterday, Ali, you will love this. On the same day of, of the Uvalde shooting, she made a statement when she won the election saying that kids will be just as safe in school, or kids need to be just as safe in the womb as they are in school. Um, kids need to be just as safe in the womb as they are in school. Um, did we forget that we had Sandy Hook? Did we forget that we had Parkland? Did we forget that we had Columbine? Um, did we forget that kids are not doing fire drills in school anymore, tornado drills anymore, but they're doing gun violence drills? So um, we have to pay attention. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue. This is not a left or right issue. This is a right or wrong issue. Um, I give kudos, hand clap, to those who got together last week and passed legislation. We know that President Biden just signed some gun reform legislation into law. Um, and it's a good first start, but we still have so much further to go. Um, so I don't. I want to remind everybody: please pay attention to what's going on in Uvalde. Please pay attention to what's going on in Buffalo, um, and let's let them, those communities know. And even in Alabama, but let's let those communities know that we have not forgotten about them. Um, in Buffalo, I, I literally, I think some of the pictures will actually show it. Literally in Buffalo, they're still depending on nonprofits and different organizations in the community to come and give them food um, because they don't have the grocery store. On the day I was there. The Tops employees that was actually working in the store the day of the shooting was getting ready to enter the store for the very first time at 145 that day while their elected officials stood outside of the store taking pictures and handshaking each other about a $3 million grant they were giving to a nonprofit, which is great. They need it. But at the same time, they also need their elected officials to be walking into the store at Tops with them, um, to stand with them and let them know that they are not forgotten and let them know that their community stands with them. Um, so we have to do better. And one more thing that has happened that is really important to me, and I'm going to really lay my heart on, on this, is we know that the Supreme Court, um, which we knew was getting ready to happen, but we know last week officially on Friday the Supreme Court passed down um, their ruling on Roe uh, and, and it's funny because the ruling, and I want to really educate people on this, the ruling was not about Roe versus Wade. It was really about uh, a piece of legislation that was, I think it was either Mississippi or Alabama that went before the Supreme Court. And what they decided to do was not only deal with that legislation to also look at Roe versus Wade and whether it was constitutional or whatever the case may be. Um, but we know they struck it down. We know seven states as of today have literally um, imposed straight out abortion bans. We know that Georgia's actually getting ready to have an abortion ban that starts at six weeks, um, getting ready to go into play that was in court, doesn't need to go to court anymore. Um, and I'm speaking on behalf of, I'm speaking for me, but I, I think this opinion is shared in the clergy community. I serve in ministry. I serve in the church in which I go to now. I preach on Sundays. I travel preaching on Sundays. I do not um, believe in abortions, but I fundamentally believe that a woman is smart enough to know what she needs to do with her own body. I believe that a woman should have the right to do with her body what she pleases to do with her body. I believe that the choice of an abortion should not be left to um, white or black men or men, period, who sit in the Capitol and get paid to work for 200 and some days a year when most of us have to work 365 days to survive. But it shouldn't be left to them. It should not be left to them. And we shouldn't have a say in it at all. It should be left to a woman, a doctor, and her significant other, if she, even if she decides to even include him in the conversation. Um, and I speak from a personal standpoint because I know what it's like to have to have that conversation with somebody about um, an abortion. 
But I also know what it's like and the toll it takes on a person or a woman when she has to make that choice and when she does make that choice and the impact it has on her afterwards, the mental impact where I may move on from it, um, the impact of what she has to deal with every single day of thinking about that moment. So I want to put everybody on alert. Um, we had a one accord conference in making this past weekend, and one of the things I told people is that if we're not careful, in the next 50 years, America will cease to exist. I believe that. I fundamentally believe that. And if you follow anything about the Supreme Court, I need you to understand what has been going on. The Supreme Court first went after um, the civ- uh, voting rights. They gutted voting rights. Then they went after affirmative action. They gutted affirmative action. Um, then they went after a bill in New York limiting people from carrying handguns without having a permit. They gutted that. And the following day, they gutted um, Roe versus Wade. And one of the justices, Clarence Thomas, love him, um, actually put in his opinion that now it's time for us to relook at things like gay marriage and relook at things like contraception. So this is an evolving door. And for no matter which side of the aisle you stand on, the most important thing is that if we don't limit the Supreme Court now, we don't check them in now, um, there'll be more things coming out. I think Senator Cornyn actually tweeted on Saturday um, that now that we've got Roe versus Wade out the way, maybe we can relook at Brown versus Board of Education. I mean, this is where we're at, um, where we have elected officials now saying that we need to relook at issues that have been presidents for over 50 years. Um, so shame on our country. I need everybody to do me a favor and pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to what's going on in society. Society, forgive me. At least making me my tongue twist today. Um, in society, but pay attention to what's going on around us. And the most important aspect, the most important thing we can do is we have to get out and vote. I want everybody to understand, definitely for those of us who are in Georgia, Georgia's like the hotspot right now. Everybody's looking to Georgia to see what it is that we do on every single issue. Georgia was the first state to pass legislation that protects or limits our right to vote, which was SB 202, and other states followed behind us. But Georgia's the hot spot. Everybody's looking to see what we're going to do. Um, let's not let June 21st, or June 21st was the last election, the little runoff we had. Let's not let June 21st be a replication of what's going to happen in November. We have to get out and vote. We have to get everybody out registered to vote. Um, we have to get everybody who's 18 or over or who's 17 and will be 18 by the time, get them registered. Know where your polling place is at. Go on sos.ga.gov right now and look and make sure that you're registered to vote. Um, it is extremely important because what we don't understand. So I want you to think about this. Let's go back six years or five, six years ago from now. If we would have elected um, a different type of president, the Supreme Court would look totally different than it looks now. Um, and just think about the impact, not only the Supreme Court, but federal courts around this country that our previous president, President 45, had... Um, he made an impact on, right? So we have to understand that not only do we need to vote in national elections when we vote for senator, when we vote for president, when we vote for vice president, but we need to vote in our local elections. We need to know who our governor is. We need to know who our senators are. We need to know who our congresspeople are. And if you follow Black Pushing, and if you're in the state of Georgia, we can guarantee you that you're going to get to know some of those people because we have them on our podcast every single week. Um, so I want to encourage everybody to really start to pay attention Um, But also, we have so much work to do, and the only way we're going to get this work done is we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it um, not depending on each other. We have to open up, trust a little bit more, and we have to depend on the people around us. So this is a call today um, for every single one of us, every single one of us, no matter what race you come from, no matter what color your skin is, no matter 
what faith do you come from, what you believe in, that if America will be great, the only way it's going to be great is the people of America have to be great. And the only way we're going to be great is we have to start to take care of each other and take some of these things personal. I take Uvalde personal. I take Buffalo personal. I take what happened in Sandy Hook personal. I take what happened in Parkland personal. I take what happened in Orlando at the, um, at the club down in Orlando personal. I take what happened recently in Alabama, even though it was a totally different type of church than what I'm used to going to personal. I take what happens on the streets of Chicago every day personal. I take what just happened in Atlanta two days ago where a young man was shot personal. Why? Because at the end of the day, it could be any one of your family or my family, or it could be me or it could be you. So we have to take this personal. Before we end up closing out, um, we actually had created this tribute, or not really, I don't just want to call it a tribute video, uh, just a video that kind of captures um, the trip to Uvalde and Buffalo. And I really hope that you open up your ears and hear what the people in Uvalde and Buffalo are actually saying. Um, and I think that's the next video, right? No, we're going to the Uvalde video. But so we'll, we'll go to this video and after this video, we'll have some closing remarks and then we will hopefully end on a higher note than what we started. But we have to pay attention to what's going on in our country. But let's hear what Uvalde and what they have to say to us from Uvalde. And what Put yourself in our shoes. Nightmares in the middle of the night, uh, spasm for no reason, anxieties because of, well not for no reason, but just just spasm because of the fact that trying to heal, everybody's going to heal differently from this. I was working almost 70 hours a week, you know, or more than that some weeks, just to make it, you know, and it's like, yeah. now you can't do that, you can't just, go, you know what I mean, you can't just get out here and do what you need to do so that you can even stay at the level you were at before. Like, you don't have time to take care of yourself, you don't have time to heal, you don't have time to cope. Everyone's expecting me to just go back. Yes, we want some gun laws changed, but it's more than that. It's, yeah. it's the fact that we are just, as black people, we are just treated, we're always talking about how resilient we are, which we are. And we're very spiritual, and all of that is great. But we should not be treated like this is okay. And we're just supposed to continue to just take this and move on. I, that's the thing that is just sticking with me. Every time I think about those kids, it gets me mad. And by the way, it happens on the streets of Chicago every day. So, all of us need to demand a Congress brave enough to stand up, 
to the gun lobby's lies. All of us need to stand up and protect its citizens. All of us need to demand governors and legislators and businesses do their part to make our communities safer. One of the things for me that was, I guess, most impactful about this trip was hearing the stories of people from Uvalde, hearing the stories of people from Buffalo, hearing how um, the reality of them and their reality and how they have to actually live with this um, weeks and months after we've pretty much forgotten about it. I think we have an obligation to those who have lost people and those who were put in these situations to stand up to make sure that their voice is heard and make sure that we can do, or that we do all that we can do um, to make sure that they're not forgotten, to make sure those who have passed have not forgotten, but for those who are still alive have not been forgotten. So we have work to do. And the question that I think that is really being asked to us as a country and as a nation is, what are we gonna do with the times in which we live in? How are we gonna use our voice to make sure that the voices of those who are unheard are heard? So that was a clip of um, our trip in Uvalde and Buffalo. Let's not forget what happened in Uvalde. Let's not forget what happened in Buffalo. But let's not again forget what's going on in this country right now today. And if we really want to fight back, if we really want to make our democracy better, um, it's going to take all of us. And it's bigger than just one organization. It's bigger than just one person. It's bigger than one race. Um, the greatest experiment on earth. The greatest experiment. You know, actually, I read a quote today. It was by um, Winston Churchill. And basically, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember it per se, per, per word, but he basically said that um, a democracy is a great idea if you can keep it. Like a democracy is good as long as you, we can keep it. So the question now, America, the question now is whether or not we can keep our democracy because the way it's going now, um, I don't know. I was not too sure about that. But... For those who are in Atlanta, we want to make sure that you're invited, that you feel like you, that you know that you're welcome. July 16th, we will be at the Omni CNN. In fact, if you like the party, we have the whole floor for you. Okay, CNN Omni, July 16th, we will be honoring people and from our communities like Miss Latasha Brown from Black Voters Matter, Miss Helen Butler from People's Agenda, Shannon Jones from Concerned Black Clergy, Reverend Timothy McDonald from First Iconian Baptist Church. We have Ambassador Andrew Young. We have Mrs. Anona Clayton. Who else do we have? I'm missing somebody. We have oh, Bishop Reginald T. Jackson. I'm so sorry. Um, who else is that? And we have Reverend Helen. I said Helen Butler already. Yeah, I did. I got I got Miss Butler. But we'll be honoring all the legends in our community who are currently doing the work, who have done the work, and we see them doing the work. We'll have um, Avery Dixon, who will be performing there as well. And our special guest host will be comedian himself, fresh out of a Tyler Perry movie, Rodney Perry. 
So this is our clip for the uh, for the gala. So if you want more information, please go to www.blackpush.org or go to our Facebook page where you can purchase your tickets to the event right now. But here's a clip from that, and you guys listen. Um, let's pay attention to what's going on. Let's get out and vote, and let's make sure that this country in 2022, they hear our voice, and they hear it loud and clear that we won't take being pushed back. We're going forward. See you at the gala. We have stepped into the baptism of this movement. Yes. And we are saying, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. You need feet. Here, here are our feet. You need arms. Here are our arms. You need a mouth to speak truth to power. Here is our mouth. Yes. You need a heart that loves justice, that loves righteousness, that loves mercy, and that hates evil and injustice. Here are our hearts. Not more that from this very moment, who will work that transforms us. Let us not waste yes. until we see victory. Yes. Let us not sleep until we see victory. Let us not sit down until we see victory. And so how can we stand? We'll stand by the power that you put in the man that sat in this room. Who stand because of the anointing that you placed on him? And we're asking you to put it right now on this August morning. And we're asking that you let us multiply and let us grow to the far ends of this state and throughout this nation. We pray now for your transformation, for your change, and for the victory that is ours. Yeah.